Cousin Jared, uh, I feel like I have created Christmas for you. We are going to do two college football shows a week. The first one is your specialty totals Mm -hmm. to the point where you've jokingly been called cousin totals. Mm -hmm. Um, You get to pick a lot of unders, which is your brand. Yep. Yep. And then we get to do show number two, where we talk about the best games that are also supposed to be close because we're talking about money lines here. So we're not going to be covering a minus 20 game. It's all going to be tight games. You'll look on the list on that screen and it is, I'm excited to talk about a lot of these games. Yeah. Uh, and you get to throw in your small school games. I mean, I feel like what could be better for you? I, I mean, really what, what could be better? I, I get to do this. I get to talk about college football on, on, on YouTube and you know Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts uh, twice a week on, on, on Discord and we also just passed one million minute uh, one million views excuse me on YouTube. I mean, kids, don't ever give up on your dreams, even if you don't think it's a dream. Don't give up. Yeah, because because I don't think either of us thought this would be a dream five years ago. Uh, no, I, I don't no. even know how to wrap my brain around one million views. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. even know what that means. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, it's like it's like fake money. It's like when you talk about like yeah. people having a billion dollars. It's like I don't even understand what that means. Like, I, yep. tell me more. You know. Um. Yeah, a million yep. views is is incredible. Um. And and join us on Dub Club. We're gonna send out the Survivor NFL pool later today tonight tomorrow during the day whatever we're going to give out a year's worth of free subscriptions first place six months second place three months third fourth and fifth will each get a free month so you don't even have to win to get some free sports betting content you just got to be part of the dub club and you will get so much value one of the other value things that you're going to get is cousin jared most weeks we talked about we're going to hop on wednesday night and uh we're just going to shoot the breeze and talk college football games that you like that we haven't covered on show things that you like that aren't official picks things that they're now picks we didn't get to talk about just kind of give your thoughts because we kind of have a limited time here um we don't want to bog down the youtube channel we got a lot of videos already um And so for people to watch so extra bonus content, if you're needing more college football content, get that on Dub Club. So many benefits, so much information, so many maths. There's a lot of maths on the Dub Club if you yeah. want them. If not, I try to provide nice little succinct, here's all the plays and here's how I would play them if you want to follow along. So you want simple, I got simple. You want in-depth, I got in-depth. I got position grade ratings, even at the college level. We'll talk about a couple of those today, especially when we get to Alabama, Texas, because Ooh, boy, that one's yeah. going to be a fun one to break down. Because um, we want to recap anything else with week one, especially uh, Clemson or the ratings. I think of the two things maybe to kind of touch on real quick before we get started. Yeah. I, well, first of all, I, I want to start with, okay, so let's let's start with Clemson. That's that's where I'll go first. And yeah. I made a comment during in the Discord during the game that like I was just horrified by what mm-hmm. I was seeing from Clem, Clemson's offense during that game. I yeah. I'm. I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not trying to make it sound like everything's okay with Clemson. That's not not the case at all. But I have. I have backed it's away not. from the ledge. <laughs> Everything's not okay. But I have backed away from the ledge a little bit. Um, when you look at the stats of that game, that's a game that Clemson probably should have won uh, at least 50 yeah. percent of the time, if if not more. And when you stop and think about what Clemson has been the past few seasons. That's kind of the team that they've been the past few seasons. Their defense has just been so good that they've been able to win those those close games. I mean, how many times did Clemson find themselves in a close game late against a lower level ACC team that they should have blown out and they were just kind of incapable of doing so? And, um, and back in the day when they had Deshaun Watson, 
a long time ago now, it seems like mm-hmm. those games were once a season and it was usually like at Syracuse <laughs> on a Friday right, night, right, <laughs> the right. weird game. Right uh, now, more, more frequently, it, it seems like it's been happening just, you know, pretty casually, like three or four times a year. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it's, it's more of a common occurrence now. Yep. Yep. Definitely. And so my thing is, is that I'm I'm not sure that Clemson is any worse than they were last year. And so for an ACC team, that could still be like nine, nine wins, maybe get to the conference championship game, depending on how the rest of their conference slate plays out. So I don't know that they're that different. But the thing is, I think we were all expecting quite a bit more from from Clemson this year. And so I think that I was overreacting a little bit on Monday night and I, you know, I was just comparing them to my expectations and not comparing them to what they've been the past couple of years. And I think they're probably exactly what they've been the past few years. I'll, I'll back that up with numbers right now. After that performance sideline has them ranked 19th, which I think kind of falls in line with what we've seen from Clemson mediocre yeah. offense relative to a good team, great defense, decent, but not fantastic. The, the rating they've been probably rated higher than they should have been. Uh, I have their offense ranked 32nd, which seems fair. It's not a terrible offense. It's just not elite. It's not yeah. the right now. Now, new coordinator, that might improve, but it hasn't improved yet. And so until it does, the model's now going to get more skeptical, which was a little more optimistic coming in. But after that first game, it didn't like what it saw. Uh, seventh ranked defense, so still a very good defense. Um, yep. But yeah, I'm like you, I look at this and I say, that's pretty much what we see out of Clemson uh, recently. And the reasons for optimism maybe maybe that'll happen but it's it's it didn't happen on on night one uh which kind of segues nicely to the rankings um poor kent state is ranked dead last um sad for them i'm sure they're nice people but <clears throat> yeah um, yeah that was brutal uh number one alabama by a long shot uh number two number two florida state uh barely Fairly, the, the Florida State, Michigan, Georgia are all rounding error apart. It's really a tie for second between those three. Ohio State uh, really dropping out of that top group and down into fifth uh, based off a fairly lackluster performance on the road uh, there at Indiana. And, you know, escape with the win, which is all you can ask for. But uh, yeah. Ohio State was that third team in that tr- uh, that top four trio, right? Alabama looked very good and uh, separated themselves. Ohio State falling down. Uh, USC... Uh, Oregon, Oklahoma, et cetera, uh, kind of rounding out some of those other teams that we think are going to be pretty good. I don't know if anything jumped out to you in that, Cousin Jared. I might be the lowest that we've seen Ohio State since we've been doing this show, since you've been having your ratings. I, I feel like that might be the lowest that we've ever seen Ohio State. It's it's maybe did we have – did we expect too much of, of LSU? Did Jaden Daniels maybe not regress, but – be more the quarterback that we saw at the beginning of last season to the end of last season, maybe. And that probably brings LSU down a notch. But it's hard not to say that after what you saw from Florida State, you're like, yeah, that, that seems about right. They seemed really, really good. Yeah. Um, LSU now down to 13th in the ratings. Jaden Daniels now down to the 11th best quarterback. Still good, just, uh, you know, not in that top tier, like we maybe thought after what we saw at the end of last year. He strikes me after seeing that game as a guy who uh, is just going to have some great moments. We saw it like last year against Alabama. He's going to have some great games, but he might still have some clunkers as well. And that variability is going to prevent him probably, at least this year for right now, from being better. Who knows? Maybe that's just bad game of the year, but but a little bit more variability so far. Uh, Drake May, number one rated quarterback, according to sideline. Uh, Caleb Williams, number two. So again, all these fun things. 
stuff you can get on uh, Dub Club. Uh, nothing else really that I thought was overly interesting to note uh, that we won't also cover in the show because the surprises, some of the big movers we will talk about in show <clears throat> with some of these teams. So without further ado, we will get right to it here. We have a Friday night game, Illinois and Kansas. This should be a relatively tight contest. I think, um, you know, the biggest interesting thing here to me is Kansas doesn't have a defense whatsoever. Uh, but yeah. a good offense. Illinois, really good defense. Offensively challenged. Model still thinks their yeah. offense is okay. I think what the model is saying is Illinois offense getting a 101 basically at league average, college football average, is basically saying when you compare it to your top teams, it ain't good. Mm-hmm. But it's still better than the back op- offenses, and it's still better than Culver 2SA's offense, and it's still better than the AAC offenses, and it's still better right. than some of those. So I think what it's saying is it's just nothing special. And I contrast that with Kansas because we know Kansas is a good offense. With Kansas' defense, what the model is saying about Kansas' defense is it's not necessarily better than your standard AAC Conference USA Mac defense. It's saying it's kind of right in the ballpark of those. You know, some are better, some yeah. are worse. That's where the model thinks the difference lies in this game. That's why Illinois is ranked 23 spots ahead of them, according to the model. Again, you can see on the graphic on screen if you're with us on YouTube. Model says 58% chance Illinois wins that they should be a three-point favorite. Instead, they are a three-point dog. We're going to take Illinois plus 130 as an A grade. Because, Jared, we were kind of chit-chatting here before the show, this is a really interesting case. How do you feel about the plus 130 versus taking the three points? And this is, we'll, we'll have a, a game later in the show where I kind of use the opposite reasoning from this, but this is one game where I have no idea what the pace is going to be like. I have no idea what the, what the total is going to end up being. I have no lean one way or the other on the total here because it really is going to come down to who dictates the pace of this game and who gets to play the type of game that they want. Because as you kind of alluded to, Illinois is going to want to slow it down, grind it out defense first and Kansas is going to want to play quick quickly they're going to want to have a bunch of big plays on offense and you know they're going to hope that their defense isn't a sieve uh and and I don't know if it will be or not Uh, if history tells us anything it, it it will be and so with that in mind that I I feel like there's a lot that I don't know about this game and also knowing that you know just one of the most common outcomes is is three points and I would also add Illinois seemingly have seemingly having a proclivity to play in crazy close games at all times, uh, conference, in conference, out of conference, day games, night games. Uh, Illinois just always seems to find itself in some kind of crazy close game. Personally, I'm probably going to take the three points in, in this situation uh, just to kind of have them in, in my, my back pocket. But either way, this feels like whether it's the money line or taking the three points, feels like a good play for a game where clearly Illinois has a much better, much, much, much better defense. Um, and I think that's going to travel fairly well. And so whether you want to take the three points, take the money line, I think either way, it's a good, good play. I've got Toledo ranked 62nd, which is basically what Kansas is ranked. Mm-hmm. The difference is the model gives Toledo a below average offensive grade, uh, but a really good defensive grade. Hmm. So it's a similar team with regards to the quality, but a very different style of football that Toledo's playing versus what Kansas is playing. This is not the same Toledo team that we have seen some years in the past where they are looking to put up 60 points. 
Um, the model does not really think that they're equipped to do that. Maybe against some of the max schools they are, right? Mm -hmm. um, but they, they were never going to be able to do that against Illinois. So Illinois was able to come out with a win there. I don't know if it bodes better or worse for Illinois playing a different style, but I'm really fascinated to see the contrast of styles who exerts their will in this game because yeah, one team wants to do one thing and the other team wants to do the exact opposite with regards to the style of this game. So Illinois is the side the model likes it's personal preference. I think whether you like the plus three or the plus one thirty, as we always talk about with these situations, I always tell people do what works for you. What works for me is these money lines. Cause I got the math on my side. I can do math and a lot of people can't do math and that gives me good money line edges. So that's why I like it. I like the plus one thirty here. I like my incentives aligned with the other teams. Um, and so plus 130 it is for me on the A grade. Uh, it's the only Friday night game. <clears throat> no, other, no other games Friday night. That's okay. We'll, we'll, get, we'll give it a pass since the NFL is kicking off this weekend. No games Thursday because the NFL game. They always like let the NFL have their spotlight for that. So moving on to big new Saturday here. Uh, Nebraska and Colorado. Oh, boy. Uh, Colorado and the hype train uh, has has left the station. I hope you were on board because uh, if you weren't, it is long gone. I, I mentioned this to the Discord. Uh, if you if you don't read Bill Connolly, shout out to him, fantastic writer knows a lot about college football. You should follow him on Twitter. He's on ESPN Plus. Is it called now? I guess ESPN Plus. Uh, mm -hmm. His SP Plus rating system. He talked about it today. That that his model is going to have a hard time tracking with Colorado on some of these transfers. And I was telling the, the, the Discord, I was very pleased with my model being player-based. Uh, it's able to uh, react a little faster. The other reason it's built to react a little faster is the prior structure that I'm using is built to kind of be a prior structure from a couple of years ago. And if there's no data, it kind of weakens that out. And so when you start getting data, it's going to start making a move. But if you have data from the past couple of seasons, it's not going to quite overreact to what happens recently. And that's what's going to allow the model to be pretty reactive. I don't build models to be reactive. My default is react slow. If you've been watching the show any length of time, we've talked about that. It's supposed to react slow because overreacting is usually bad. So the fact that this is reacting so much to Colorado uh, and a couple other teams, we'll talk about one of them later here today. I think it's a sign that the model's doing its job, seeing that there's a lot of talent on this team. It did come together a lot quicker than we thought. Very average defense. Below average results on defense. Part of that was the pace of that game was, as we talked about, way faster than yeah. we expected it would be. TCU's offense is good. Their defense is bad. It was a shootout. I don't think that's necessarily an indictment of Colorado's defense being terrible. I think it's kind of like we talked about Illinois' offense. Their, Colorado's defense and Illinois' offense are kind of similar. Meh. Not really good enough to, like, you know, make the playoff, okay. but yep. better than a MAC school, right? Better than Conference USA, you know, that sort of thing. Colors offense above average, and that's what we saw their strength, uh, 106 grade. Their Nebraska ranks pretty average. Cousin Jared, you know, <laughs> first off, let's get to the uh, to the bigger. You see on the screen there, it's actually flipped on the. You can see that on the spread. It should be Colorado minus six and a half. Nebraska plus six and a half. Colorado is a sixty-six percent chance to win. I think Colorado wins this two out of three times. So minus one sixty is a pretty smart pick. B grade value, a little bit lower on that price to make it A grade. I think all the A grade value has gone off Colorado, but I still think there's time to get on board. There's some resistance to this number because I think people are saying, you know, what if Colorado is it for real? What if it was one game? TCU doesn't have a defense. Absolutely, TCU doesn't have a defense. That's why the model only gives Colorado a 106 on offense and not a 130 because part of that was TCU's defense. But Colorado's team is decent. This game's in Boulder. And, and the model doesn't know this, but I mean, Nebraska's involved. So you, you kind of like 
playing the money line against them, right? I mean, like Nebraska, I mean, doesn't matter who's coaching them, apparently. Just apparently, yeah. yeah. To, to lose one score games. Uh, what's your take on this game, Cousin Jake? Ah, man, I feel like everybody has given Colorado their due and rightly so for, for how that game played out. Somehow, you know, they have turned my mother-in-law into a huge Colorado Buffalo fan. I mean, really, the, the powers of, of Deion Sanders go beyond comprehension. He's got he's got charisma just oozing he, out of every. Yeah, he he does. Area. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, you know, honestly, what I took from that game is, you know, obviously underestimated Colorado. I'm I'm a little bit worried about TCU now. Like it kind of seems like every other Sunny Dykes team um, last year, and after what you saw with Clemson with Garrett Riley at OC. It's like how much of that was Max Duggan? Uh, anyway, so lot, lots of different thoughts there. How much uh, of that's what we talked about, which was the fear in that game of Chandler Morris was their starting quarterback in year one, and they struggled at last year's god-awful yeah. Colorado team. And yeah. now it's like, oh, and now he's supposed to be okay again. It's like, yeah, he, I, that, yeah, that whole thing is – I don't know what to make of it other than like, I'm, I'm concerned. I have concerns. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So I, I think this is a good play. I think that Colorado has more talent than Nebraska does right now. And the atmosphere is going to be insane playing at altitude rivalry game. Uh, if ever there was a time that Dion is going to get his kids up to play, which you think you're probably going to be most weeks. This is definitely um, going to be one well, of them. Th- these first two. I mean, th- last week being at, the team that played for the national title and this week rivalry first home game after that big upset. This is going to be the most stoked the Colorado crowd is going to be in, in oh, decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah de- definitely. So, uh, but you mentioned that that Wednesday show where we're just kind of going to uh, spitball some some college football stuff. I don't even know what day of the week it's going to come out. I lose I lose track. We do so many. What of these. are days? Yeah. What what are what are, what is time? Um, but I, I will give you a, a brief glimpse as to something that you might catch uh, on on that that show that we have uh, on Dub Club if you join. Matt Rule has an affinity for first half unders. Going back to his time at Baylor, first half under cashed seemingly like ten out of twelve games for Baylor that season maybe 11 <laughs> maybe 11 and you know we we talked about it last week we didn't talk about it on the show we talked about it before we came on the show i was like hey we need to put you know first half under on minnesota nebraska the the honorary matt rule play and sure enough it came through so hey that may be something i'm looking at this game too uh we maybe we think that this total is a little bit too high maybe we think that there might be value uh on on something like a first half under so anyway just a little preview of what you might get I, I feel like you gave it away. There's nothing, you know, nothing really, te- you didn't really tease very well. You just kind of like, you know, showed everything. Showed just giving, giving them a taste of what they would get <laughs> if they joined the club. There you go. There you go. Um, I think the other thing to note about the total, since we're here, we'll talk about it real quick, is that I think a lot, <clears throat> the models adjusted to the pace of Colorado. The pace is definitely faster than we thought. I'm not saying the under hits for sure. I am saying, I think the biggest overreaction people are going to make is that Colorado's offense is better than it is and their defense is worse than it is. And I think it's probably not quite as much. That's what the model's trying to to Mm -hmm. tell you. That part of that was TCU being a team with a good offense and a terrible defense. Um, While we're here at TCU, this is something I've got them down to 34th. Um, Most projection systems had them didn't have a number two. Let's say that much coming into the season. Yeah. Um, mine did not either, but now they're in the 34th, 17th best offense, still 75th on defense below average defense, which is saying something given 
again, below average means you're being compared more to the, to the group of five teams rather than the power five teams. So right. um, I think that might be part of it, but again, Colorado definitely improved. Um, this week, their defense will probably showcase a little more because I do believe it to be a more defensive style game, given what Matt rule is going to do and the way that he can dictate games with the style of football he plays. He seemed to do it in week one, Nebraska as a Baylor fan. It looked just like those last two seasons at Baylor. The first season didn't really count. They had literally no players. Uh, they won one game all season. Uh, the next two seasons, though, that looks just like Matt Rule Baylor. And yep. so uh, it, it looks like that's what we're going to see from Nebraska. So I, I'm really interested to see these two teams. This season should be a fun game. I think Colorado wins. You can lay the points. I'm going to lay the minus 160 B grade value. If you're going from talking about my school's former coach to your current school, Texas A&M, ranked 18th according to the model, Miami ranked number 24. I think AM should be a road favorite in here, but not by much. I've got them at 1.1 point favorite, 53% to win. The interesting thing to me here, Cousin Jared, we talked about this before show, Texas A&M offensively got a 105 entering the season, which was not great. Part of the reason AM didn't score a lot was the pace. Mm-hmm. But a 105 is not great. I mean, it's well behind conference champions. It's well yeah. behind top 20 schools. Uh, up to a 113. We talked about this a little bit on the first show that this offense, your Aggie offense, might have a little bit of a pulse as a quarterback yep. and might play a little bit better. And models yeah. taking note and says the best offense of this game is Texas AM. But interestingly enough, Miami's defense, which we know is good, grades out better than Texas AM's. That is the surprising thing to me. Obviously, it's close. It's really brown mm-hmm. here. Just the fact that my number for Miami is that low tells you why the total in this game is low. We have two good defenses. This Miami defense is for real. Uh, this should be a pretty tight game. Plus 170 is just an absurd price, in my opinion, for this. A great pick on Miami. Again, or if you want to take the points, either way, we're going to stick consistent to the money line. My encouragement to you, viewer, come up with a system you like, whether it's all like the money lines like we're going to do. We're going to play them between the 500s. We're not going to play more than minus 500 or more than plus 500 because that's just a little bit. It's hard to figure that out. But the scaling system I've built where you add two. 1.5 units for a C, two units for a B, three for an A. If you have an A grade play, even at minus 500, it's 2.5 to 1.5. That's about the most extreme we want to go. That's that's kind of out there for a lot of people. That's the limit I'm going to push. But within that's my system. Come up with the system you want. But whether it's taking the points or the plus odds, this feels like too much of a coin toss situation here. Uh, these plus odds are just too enticing to me. Cousin Jerry, this reminds me a lot of our baseball games where we'll talk about taking a who the heck knows type game and taking plus odds and be like, Hey, we're going to win about half the time. Give me the plus odds, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like uh, AM's defense and Miami's defense, this feels about right to me. You know, maybe I would have had these flipped, would have thought AM would have been the 78, and Miami would have been the 80. But either way, I feel like the defenses are pretty equal here. I, I, I like, obviously, I like what I saw from Texas AM's offense. It was New Mexico, but I like what I saw um, yep. from them. What I would say um, last year watching this game, Tyler Van Dyke could not have had a worse game than what he had against a and in, in that game. And don't get me wrong, a and did some good things defensively in that game. But some of that was just like uh, – it, it was one point in the game where I was wondering if he was hurt because he just did not look like him, himself. Um, had the whole offseason talked about transferring, ended up not transferring, looked good in their first game against Miami of Ohio. Um, I think that Miami's offensive rating mm-hmm. might be a tick or two higher than this. I think they might be getting a little dinged from – you. May- that the model has been adjusting quickly, but I think there might be just a little bit getting dinged from how bad they looked at times last season. Who can forget the, what was it, triple or quadruple overtime, 14-12 game against uh, Virginia 
Um, yeah, that, that, that was, was I had forgotten about that. And so you reminded me that was, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, that was really bad. Um, so these, this feels like, I don't even, I don't even remember if we won or lost our bet on that game. It was still miserable. Doesn't matter yeah, we, we, yeah, we won. Um, but we, we had the under, of course. Um, but you know, and how many times do you win an under when the game goes to triple overtime? Um, this, this feels like a game. I think AM might be slight, slightly better, but it's on the road. I feel like that's kind of a wash yeah. for any of yeah. the, the advantage that AM might have. So I agree with you. Plus 170 seems like way too much. And I may have said, hey, on that Illinois Kansas game, I'm going to take the three points, something I like. I think there's too much value on the money line here. Um, I, I like the plus 170 odds. So uh, you can get plus four with Miami and get plus four and a half in Miami. But me personally, I'm taking the, the plus 170. Interesting. I did, I, I did not know where you were going. I almost thought you might sit the other direction and say, good defense is low scoring game, tight contest, take the points. It's a higher, uh, higher likelihood winner. Yeah, I, I, I don't know with what I've seen from the, both of these offenses this year. Which is, obviously, of course, if, if this game goes under, I will not be shocked. But if this game went over after what I've seen, I would also not be shocked. Um, so yeah, give, give me the, the plus 170. I, I think maybe, definitely compared to last season, I don't think the four and a half points holds the same value that it did in this game last season. And you're going to see again a, a fairly fast adjusting model, as fast as I can reasonably make it. Uh, but it can only go so fast when it has a lot of data from last year. It's going to take more than one game to override when you have a full season or in some cases, two seasons uh, for mm -hmm. some of these guys. Very few, anybody has three seasons at this point that no, no one's really playing for that long for the most part. Um, so going back too much, too far, you know, it doesn't really matter. But some mm -hmm. of these guys have a lot of data, so we can only adjust so fast. It's been one game, but uh, you're right. There were some signs in that one game that maybe this is going to be a little bit of a different matchup than last year's punt fest uh, that was showcasing defenses uh but yeah plus 170 here who the heck knows i'm with you i think anim's a better team got him as a better team but on the road eh, kind of cancels yep. out yep. uh too good to pass up on those odds a little fun action here texas state and utsa uh first off i i feel like sidelines is very high on utsa i was shocked at 37 i don't I, I think that's a little too high personally mm -hmm. uh they, they played houston very well um you know we got the houston money line uh, a grade play on that one uh, did not get the over. That game did not play out like we thought. And I think that's a very interesting question to ask yourself, viewer, to think about. Was that UTSA? Was that Houston? Was it both? Like, why did that game grind out? We know what Texas State wants to do. We knew coming in, getting the uh, former coach McCarnett Ward, who was setting all sorts of records and doing incredible things there, brought in a ton of transfers. We were very low on Texas State and Colorado, both of those transfers. Model's really adjusting. Uh, Texas State up to number 83. And, and and honestly, they might get higher depending on exactly how real this is. Part of this, part of that was Baylor. Baylor struck now down to number 79 after that, that mm. performance. And my biggest concern for that performance was, of course, their offensive line. And of course, they're also partially number 79 because Blake Chapin is out and the model knows about that. And I can tell yeah, about yeah. injuries, which is a very nice feature. Uh, we'll talk yeah. about an injury to a quarterback later that, that affects one of these games. That said, Texas State going up and, you know, how we know how they want to play. How does UTSA want to play? I would have sworn this is going to be a high scoring back and forth contest, but we saw UTSA play some lower scoring games last year. We saw Houston play some lower scoring games too. We just didn't think that was their real MO. So what's going on there? Who was that? Because is this going to be an up-tempo game or is UTSA going to try to grind this one out? I don't really know the answer. UTSA is the better team. They're at home. They should be favored. They win this game three out of four times. But you can get Texas State 
plus 370 offers a little bit of value. This is a plus expected value play, only a C grade play, not because of anything other than the difference between the probability they win according to the model, 24%. Comparing that to plus 370 is not quite as large as some of our other edges is really the only reason it's a C grade. Cousin Jared, you think it's worth our time and our money to sprinkle a little bit on Texas State. And again, the benefit to this system is my official recommendation on this is to risk a mere 0.32 units. And if you win, you win 1.18 units. So this is one where we're not risking a lot, but we're going to take a chance on a dog. Might be a little bit live here. You know, it looked pretty good last week. Uh, UTSA's, you know, maybe better than Baylor. I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, we'll find out, I guess, this week. Because in general, what do you got? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I know what you viewer our, our listener are thinking that, oh, this is just cousin Jared getting all riled up because UTSA did not look great against Houston and Texas state obviously looked like they hung the moon against Baylor. Uh, but I, and don't get me wrong. I won't take away anything from Texas state. Good job. GJ Kenny bringing in some transfers there and, you know, keeping that, that off that trademark offense uh, of his uh, getting that going pretty early. So kudos to him on that. But I want to talk more about UTSA and, Felt like Houston's defense, we didn't know what we were going to get. They had some question marks this season. And, man, uh, UTSA did not look good against that Texas, uh, excuse me, that Houston defense. And more so, uh, I, I want to tackle about our boy, Frank Harris, who had a torn ACL or, you know, had an injury that he was recovering from through the offseason. He just looked a step slower to me. He did not look like he was 100%. Three interceptions in the third quarter, um, not to mention that, and I still don't remember his name, but the wide receiver that transferred to Ole Miss, who was their best wide receiver all-conference the year before that, now playing for Ole Miss. I, I'm wondering if this UTSA offense has just taken a step down and – I am by no means saying that um, Texas State is going to be able to slow down UTSA. But what I am saying is UTSA, offensively, you better be firing on all cylinders when you go up against this Texas State team because it can very quickly, you could find yourself down 10 points, 14 points or something if you mess around, have a lot of turnovers in, in one quarter like you did against Houston. So it's a lot of points if you wanted to take the points. But again, I don't know if this matters. If UTSA plays the game that they should, they probably win this game by like 14 points or something. Um, so again, this is a situation where I think the money line is more beneficial because if uh, Texas State is in this game, I, I think they have a great chance to win it. And I I'm not sure that the points really matter. So yeah, this is definitely like a, hey, take a flyer uh, on this, uh, on the money line. And again, Texas State, kudos to them. But for me, this is more... I'm not sure. I don't love what I saw from UTSA on offense, and you just better be able to score some points against Texas State. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be a game. We're gonna by the end of the, at the end of the season, we would come back and report exactly how well we did. But we're gonna take a bunch of these games that are in the plus four hundred ish range that we think have about a twenty five percent chance of winning. We're gonna take them. We know we're probably gonna win, win about one out of four, but when we do, we're going to profit off of that because the three losses will be more than made up for by the one win that we have in those four games. Mm -hmm. So. Is, you know, this is not to say take every plus 370 team. It's take every plus 370 team that you think can win about 25% of the time. And not every plus 370 will be that way. There are several plus 370s that I would run away from. Um, but this is one that, you know, has a chance uh, to win. <clears throat> you made some great points there. 
Cousin Jared, I want to follow up with some backup stats. UTSA's offense dropped four points from last week, but their defense improved and went from below average to above average, mainly on the strength of their defensive line, which now ranks as the 23rd best defensive line in college football. UTSA, you talked about them. What offensively stands out to me is their skill at offensive line, and that's uh, – excuse me – Texas State, where they excel with that offensive line, that's where they really, uh, you know, prevented Baylor's defense from causing any problems and got that offense going because the line set them up for success. UTSA, Frank Harris still pretty good, but as you mentioned, a drop down in the rest of the offense, specifically their offensive line, now ranks 80th in college football. It's a below average grade. And so that's, I think, what probably messed them up a little bit too is that they weren't protecting very well and making Harris, you know, a little bit uncomfortable running a little bit when you didn't want to that sort of situation. Yeah. Um, and like you said, you know, UTSA should be able to score here. Baylor scored, but Baylor wasn't firing all cylinders and yeah. Texas state messed around and won that game. And that's yeah. kind of what we're saying here. Texas state might mess around and win this game. So plus three seven here uh, worth a small flyer. Sticking with some good small school action here, Marshall and East Carolina, <laughs> Marshall's decent, ranked 66. East Carolina is not down outside of the top 100. Um, Marshall's pretty decent on both sides of the ball, a little bit better defensively, slightly below average on offense. East Carolina, not a very good offense, not a very good defense. Model says Marshall wins this a nice 69% of the time, so we're going to take Marshall minus 155. B gray model says they win by an average of about eight points. Because, uh, Jared, why are we talking about this game? That is that is a wonderful question. Why are we talking about this game? And I, viewer, really feel bad that that I led us astray on the over on the Michigan East Carolina game last week. And I, I I don't even remember. Was it a B grade? I don't even remember what it was. May have been a C grade. I can't remember. It should have been on. It should have been under. And the reason that it should have been an underplay is because East Carolina was replacing Holton Ehlers who was the quarterback there for approximately 37 seasons. Yeah. Um, if you don't believe me, Holton Ehlers, I believe, is in the top 15 in NCAA history for touchdowns accounted for. Um, he was there for forever. And even when he was there, the offense was was up and down. But you'll remember they definitely had some good seasons when I think it was like North Carolina. They played really close the first game of one season. They gave South Carolina all they could handle. Um, NC State maybe last year, maybe like yeah, yeah maybe it was goal or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so East Carolina definitely gave a lot of trouble to the bigger Carolina schools. Um, there he's gone. And I obviously, you know, you're going to struggle against Michigan most of the time uh, in that situation, but even more so since Ehlers being gone. And the thing is, is that Marshall has a, a pretty good defense for uh, a group of five teams. Yep. And so I think what you're going to see here, even though it's at home, I think that Marshall is still going to be able to shut down East Carolina's offense. I just think it's too much to overcome when you lose that much experience on offense. I definitely expect East Carolina to have a down season on the offensive side of the ball. Um, they're at 89 right now. Wouldn't surprise me if they're down to 85, 84 or something after this this next game. So for me, this is just something where it, it's two smaller schools. Maybe people don't know as much about them. Maybe that affects the lines. But I think this is just something where Marshall has a really good defense. And I think that East Carolina has a very, very not great offense this season. I think that defense is going to carry Marshall. And I've been kind of referencing this all show. It's not this simple, but 100 being middle of the road, better than 100 is we're starting to compare you to power five worse than hundred is group of five. It's not that simple, but that's kind of what we're saying here. Marshall being a 97 on the right side of hundred for the defensive scaling puts them more in comparison with those top schools. Obviously they're nowhere near Alabama, Georgia, that sort of thing, but they're, they're more with the weaker power five schools, which is pretty good defense versus so many of their counterparts are going to be in the one hundreds, one teens, 
that sort yeah. of thing. And so Marshall's towards the top of your group of five defenses. Minus 165, pretty short price here, so B grade. Uh, and just want to come back to one thing you said here. East Carolina's quarterback now ranks 101st, so a massive drop-off mm-hmm. from a guy who was pretty solid. Not a top-five quarterback necessarily across college football, uh, yeah. but still one that was very good, very underrated, very good for a group of five and led yeah. them to some pretty good times, and it's uh, been you know, tough sledding without him. Yep, and this is a game I would implore you right now. You can like lay three and a half points with with Marshall. I would implore you to take the money line on this game. Uh, I, I don't want to get involved with laying points, especially more than three points in a game that I think is going to be low scoring. And especially on the road, right? Again, yeah. this is why we talk about the money line. Our incentives are aligned, and, and it really played out in college basketball, but it plays out in garbage on the college football too. So yeah. many times in college basketball, you know, you're laying four points, and it's like there's like three seconds to go and it's a five point game and they just like let the guy run down and have a layup because like nobody cares. Right. Like that stuff yeah. is maddening. The same thing. Yeah. Here, like, yeah. You know, if they're, if they're up like nine or 10 late, like we don't want to have to care what happens. Like we've got the victory because yeah. they don't care either. They just want to get out of Dodge with the win here. Like road wins for a group of five schools. Just go get them. Like they do not yeah. care how it happens. So yeah. uh, we have our incentives aligned there at minus 155. And to the night slate, and boy, the games pick up from here. Oregon at Texas Tech. Oregon, I don't think anybody would be surprised to see me have them number seven. Texas Tech at 61. I am not high on this Tech school. They did not look very good in Wyoming. Part of that absolutely is the Laramie effect. I understand that is a very tough place to play notoriously. That said, Tech looked good for the first quarter and then kind of forgot how to football. And the fact that they looked so good for the first quarter shows you that it's not all about the location. They were fine playing on the road and did really well. And then when they didn't football for three quarters, they got themselves into a double overtime game and ended up losing it. The loss is kind of irrelevant. We grade this based off the plays, not off the result, because the plays are more predictive than the results. So I'm not really worried about the fact that had they gotten or not gotten a two-point conversion, what I'm saying is if Tech had played that first quarter, the rest of the game, they'd be ranked a lot higher right now and have a lot more faith in them. So far, though, can't be impressed with this Tech school. I have Oregon by 18, say that they win this 88% of the time. Oregon has the number two rated offense in the country, according to the model, with a 133. Their defense only ranked 38th. Obviously, their defense isn't going to carry them. Quarterback, I've got them at 12th. Running back, third. Wide receiver, tight end, seventh. Offensive line, third. This is a really good offense for Oregon. And Tech doesn't really have a – I mean, their defense isn't terrible, 96, you could see, but they don't really have the horses to hang with Oregon, even though this game's in Lubbock. Games get weird in Lubbock, too. I am well aware of that. But – I just don't know if I, night games in Lubbock. I know that crowd will be crazy. Tech actually gets a larger than average home field advantage because of that. But I just don't think these two teams are in the same ballpark. I think games get weird in tech when they can be a frisky underdog. This tech offense is not the tech offense that we've seen upset teams in Lubbock. I was not that impressed with them. Uh, they run a lot of plays. They were very aggressive on fourth down last year. They didn't get to help them against a team. Yeah like Oregon, Oregon minus 260, a great play. One of the stronger plays on the board. Cause Jerry, what do you got? I think because Oregon's offense is so good, you could easily get the connotation with them that the defense is just so, so, you know, and it's the offense that's carrying them and the defense is just average, but the defense is, is above average. And I, I think about a lot of the um, teams that have gone into Lubbock that have had problems 
they've either been like the Oklahoma teams who had no defense at all, or they've been like the Texas teams who had a great defense and no offense at all. Um, I kind of have a hard time thinking of like a really well-balanced team that's gone into Lubbock that has gotten upset. Um, and in fact, I can almost think of the reverse where a really well-balanced team goes into Lubbock and wins fairly frequently, and that's Kansas State. And mm. I know I did not expect mm. to compare Oregon to Kansas mm. State uh, here, but I like it. it I like that comparison, though. But it is a team that's solid, solid, solid all, yeah, just all around. And I think that's what you're going to get from from Oregon. And I mean, man, I felt great about Texas Tech last week uh, going into Wyoming. That was one of my favorite plays of the day. But oh boy, was was I wrong? And I, I, you looked great for a quarter. Yeah, but let, let me tell you, if Wyoming can find a way to slow them down, Oregon will be able to do the same thing, I'm afraid of. and But, but man, Bo Nix, uh, just, just curious, where would, would Bo Nix rate in, in your model? 12th. 12th, yeah, that, that feels about right. Top 10 quarterback, I think he's just going to have a field day against this this Tech defense. So, again, I feel like a lot of those memories that we have of teams going into Tech, they were deficient in one, on one side of the ball, but this Oregon team I don't think is that. <clears throat> Wyoming's defense gets a 103. So mm, mm, this is gonna be tough for defense. Now, again, home road that matters, right? I'm not gonna say that doesn't matter. So uh maybe it's maybe it's on average the same. Maybe playing a 103 on the road is the same as playing a 92 at home. You could convince me of that. I would say sure, that seems rounding error yeah, aside. Yeah. That's that's very reasonable. So Texas is gonna struggle. And it's it's almost like you talked about with Texas State and UTSA, right? You're gonna play with Oregon, you better be scoring some points because they're gonna put up some points. Um, yep. with that offense, it's it's like you said, I think it's a good point. Uh, they are better offensively than defensively. Like the, the, the screen shows that, don't mistake what we're saying for that. But what we're saying is, it's not that the defense is bad, it's still a top 40 defense. And an offense like Tech isn't better than Oregon's defense. Uh, maybe at home, maybe they can put up a few points, but I don't think it'll be too, too many. Uh, to come back to your, to your other point there, because Jared. The quarterbacks that were at Tech for those upsets, I can name them for you. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that we have that level of quarterback here. Slough, whatever his name is. Uh, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't I don't think he's – he might get there. Uh, Tech had the issue last year where they had – last couple of seasons it seemed like where they've had like three quarterbacks all rotating around and partially because injuries, yeah. partially because yeah. who knew who was better. And uh, now it's just the one guy, like everybody else left, but – I still think they're all kind of average. I mean, they are not the Cliff Kingsbury's of the world. They are not BJ's uh, Simmons, Simons, whatever his name is. Yeah. They are not. Uh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. If anyone's ever heard of that guy, um, they are not. Yeah. yeah, Baker. Well, Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma, but uh, you know, he played it. He played it. Tech before he went to Oklahoma, but does anybody remember that? Like he I, wasn't. I, he wasn't I, Baker Mayfield at Tech, right? He was just okay. a random quarterback. Okay. Too, but. Yeah, and they had someone else too. I can't I, now. I'm now. I say I can remember the names of, but they had they've had some great quarterbacks in there. Who, even mm -hmm. though, yeah, like a guy like Kingsbury did not make a name for himself as a quarterback in the NFL. He was a fantastic college quarterback, and that's what you've had. Um, you know, at Tech, you've had some fantastic college quarterbacks, um, including some guys who set some records. Uh, Graham Harrell oh, is another. Graham right? Harrell, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. another fantastic. College quarterback, even if he didn't make a name for himself at the pros, we haven't seen that from Tech in the last couple of years. And so that, to me, is the biggest difference of where – I mean, Lubbock can get weird, but you need something to pull an upset on a team like Oregon, uh, who, again, mm -hmm. I think is legitimately good. Mm. 7 p.m., Texas and Alabama. <clears throat> Cousin Jared, 
of every projection system, I am probably the lowest on Texas. Mm. Of all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 32. Uh, I'm not buying this Texas team at all. Uh, Caleb Ewers looks just like he did last year. Mm-hmm. And he's there's a reason he you know was like the fourth stringer at Ohio State. I am well aware of the recruiting rankings, but my model builds in those recruiting rankings. And as it gets data, starts to forget that, for lack of a better word, starts to minimize that. And we have enough data on Caleb Ewers that we should be kind of minimizing that by now. And we should be focusing on what he's doing on the field. If you watch that Rice game, which many of you probably did not, I did because again, for now, while we're building a house, I'm living with my parents and my dad's a UT alum. So I watched, that was one of the, one of the four screens was Texas and Rice. He missed like nine receivers. There's a reason he grades terribly because he misses open receivers. It's not rocket science. So, I mean, I don't know why everyone else is so high on Texas. They're being treated like they're the mid-aughts Texas you know, they had a great first half against Alabama last year at home. They almost pulled the upset. They were you know, holding on for dear life in the second half. <clears throat> but while I'm well aware of that one game, to ignore all of the other games that Texas has had is foolish. I've got Caleb Ewers as the 73rd best quarterback in college out of 103 that's bottom half they're really unproven at running back they started the true freshman who suffered an injury against rice their offensive line while all five of those guys returned from last year hasn't looked great they've got some skill on the outside for sure and their defense is absolutely good i've got their defense ranked eighth nothing bad to say about texas defense but alabama's defense just almost breaks the model. It's almost three standard deviations better than average. We never see that in baseball because there's only 30 teams in college football with 133. It's, it's a little bit less surprising that you see one, but man, it's, that's a shockingly low number. Yeah. Oh, and Alabama has the number four ranked offense as well. I mean, I don't understand this spread. The model says Alabama wins by an average of 23 points. I will, I will put my money on the final margin of victory is going to be closer to 23 than the current line of seven. I think I think it's closer to 23 than seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, a grade mm-hmm. pick on Alabama, 94% win probability. And I'm not saying Texas can't win this game. I'm saying there's a 6% chance. 6% chance things happen one out of every 18 or 19 times. Sure, we could be in that world. We have seen teams, your Texas a team, go into Alabama. Mm-hmm. It can be done. You can get down to that last play and have a chance to win and maybe pull the upset there. I just, I'm not buying into this Texas offense. I don't think they're going to move the ball at all. I don't know. Am I crazy? Well, you know, Quinn Ewers, you called him Caleb, but Quinn, no, uh, yeah, no. I think, think why, he has. Why did some, I do that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, has, has, has some questions. Um, definitely. What, what, I mean, I can't really add anything on to what you say that I think Alabama is really, really good. I think that um, 
Jalen Milrow is going to challenge, definitely not like Bryce Young, but the way that he can run the ball is going to challenge the Texas defense. Yada yada yada. All of the things that you would you would think uh, about an Alabama. I heard some I heard some Jalen Hurts comparisons this week. I mean, he looked he looked he looked good, uh, and I would say like the Jalen Hurts that was at Oklahoma. I mean, at least this last week, he looked more like the Jalen Hurts that was at Oklahoma more so than the Jalen Hurts that was not the Jalen Hurts that was at Alabama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, and, what is this yeah. with quarterbacks go to Oklahoma and then get massively better? I want to, you know, with Baker Mayfield and LJ, multiple Well, it's, 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 it's Lincoln Riley, who now has Caleb Williams. That's that's the thing. But anyway, um, and then, of course, you know, the Alabama defense is going to challenge Quinn Ewers. If, if you think that he's been missing throws before, then, of course, you know, you're going to do that again. I will go back to something that, um, you know, I, I, I think it's Andy Staples that has said this. Like, uh, Nick Saban has seemed way too happy at his press conferences whether it was in uh, spring practice or, you know, early fall camp or the games and everything, he just seems too happy. And that usually means that his team is really, really good. If Nick Saban's happy, I'm going to be happy back in Alabama. That's really all I can say. I can't, I, I, we have not talked about that. So I had not heard that story, but yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, for the first time, I think since I've done these ratings, which I've, I've formulized, you know, had different betting systems, but formulized these rankings now three or four years. This is the first time I think a team has really separated themselves as number one. It's always yeah. been some combination of the Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Bama. And there were times when Bama fell Clemson. out of that top group. Yeah, or Clemson, Clemson, Clemson for a, there, yeah. Yep, a couple years ago, right? It, yeah, it's it's but Bama really separated themselves out. Like again, it, it it's you can't ignore what happened in week one. Talk about Oklahoma. We can't ignore that, right? Like that says something how you yep. play against bad schools matters how you play against good schools matters it all matters we just have to adjust for it accordingly look at the play see what happened and this bama team just i made the comment on discord i said if i was going to write an article about these columns it would be it's alabama's world we're just living in it that'd be the title mm-hmm. of, the, of, of the article because i just it, it, for right now and this is our best prediction right now like some games happen and some things happen guys get hurt different things who knows right where we'll be in, in a month from now but looking at it right now this bama team looks legit so i don't know maybe we'll be eating crow next week maybe texas pulls off the upset of all upsets um you know we're obviously not gonna be running every pick we know we're gonna lose some minuses the, the, the whole point is that we're gonna win a higher percentage of them than the minuses we're betting but yeah i mean this feels like a really good alabama team and when nick saban has those really good teams when nick saban ha- is unhappy it's because this team's like the third best team in college football Right. Yeah. And when he's happy, it's because like they just destroy everybody. Uh, that's what I think is going to happen. Uh, yeah. Quinn Ewers played the game of his life for the first half uh, last year before or first quarter ish or whatever before getting hurt. And I don't know, maybe the injury affected him. I, I don't know. But yeah, he, I don't know. he had flashes of that. He looked decent in the bowl game, but he, for the most part, did not look like that quarterback. Alabama has the tape. They know exactly what he did. He was hitting the deep balls in that game. And I think it was just fluke. I think it's, we talk about variance all the time. There's variance in your betting results. There's variance in guys play to play, right? He happened yeah. to hit the, the deep balls. I don't think he's going to hit those. I think Bama dared him to because they know he can't throw it. And he happened to do that in that game. That doesn't mean he's going to do it again. I think he's not. That doesn't mean he can't because occasionally guys just hit passes, right? Yep. Um, bad players occasionally look good and good players occasionally look bad. But that's the thing with yours is that he's not very good. He occasionally does look good, just like good players occasionally look bad. Uh, he's going to have to have the game of his life 
for them to have any chance. Uh, but I feel like, you know, model projects 40 to 16. I'd kind of be surprised if Texas got to 16, to be completely honest. I just mm. don't, especially with the clock running rules and the fewer plays. Yep. Yep. I just, this, this kind of feels like, you know, 42 to 10. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think, I mean, we, I don't need to go on a diatribe about Texas, but it's, it's every year. Texas every is year. back. And then until they're not. And so yep. like, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that I don't want Texas to be back. It would be, it would be great if we could just come on here and have to like begrudgingly talk about Texas every week. Uh, well, uh, it could, so much good games. Yes. When, when your top programs, when your blue bloods are good, it's good for the sport. I mean, it's good when it's good when everybody's good, right? It's good when you have fun upsets, but it's also good when the teams people care about are good, right? So we want that. We want all the, we want all the teams to be good, right? Yeah. Yeah. But Texas, um, yeah. It, it's just, it just, I mean, I've, I've literally said this for, for th- three years now and apparently a million views, although I'm not on a lot of them. Uh, it, it's just every year Texas is back until they're not. And I'm, I'm just not going to believe it until I see it. It's been a lot of years that that's happened. We've yeah. made a lot of money fading Texas. Uh, we're yeah. going to try for the same thing. Love laying the points. We've, we've, we've like made seven. A, my goodness. I feel like we've made a lot of money fading Texas for like, I don't know, 15 years now. It's been at least a decade for sure. Yeah, no. yeah. Um, I don't know what I don't know what else to say about this one. Maybe we'll be eating crow, but like I said, I I think Alabama is going to destroy them. I have no faith in Texas scoring. I have no faith in their offense, um, and their defense is good. But I mean, Alabama's got a good enough offense at home. Alabama's going to score some points. Like you're not going to hold them down at home, um, yeah. unless maybe you're like Georgia level good, which Georgia, you know, and a couple other teams. There's only a as, as Texas being eighth is still a long ways away from Alabama and Georgia because those some of those defenses are just. Yeah. Who's the other? There's one other one that's that's up there, right, like tied with Georgia. Is it um, Michigan? Nah, Michigan, yes. Okay. Yes, there you go. Michigan, Michigan, and and Georgia are right there now. Florida State's creeping up. They had, of course, a really good performance. I think what was so impressive about Florida State, of course, was all those third and short, fourth and short. Like those were still yeah, really yeah. impressive stops yeah. uh, that Florida State made. So Florida State's creeping up, but as good as Texas defense is, like they're not, they're still not to that elite Georgia Michigan level, and that's what you need to stop Alabama at home. Unless Alabama just doesn't show up again, that can happen. There are no locks in gambling. Caveat, caveat, caveat. But from a probability standpoint, minus two eighty five is an absolute steal. I love this. I love laying the points. I love everything about Alabama. All right. Uh, I, think, ten, I, think, I think that horse is dead. I think your horse is dead. I don't think we should say that. We're not supposed to say that anymore. Um, okay. <laughs> Peter might get mad at us. Um, uh, Auburn in California. I, I grew up on a farm. We had 27 cows. But but did any horses die or did the cows just die? No. Uh, horse no, no, horse no, died. Nothing sad, right? Nothing, no? yeah, nothing died. We didn't have horses. I, I'm saying I, I lived, I lived yeah. around yeah. the wildlife, people. Yeah. I, I am of the wildlife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cal is facing Auburn. This is the game we alluded to earlier where the quarterback depth chart matters. California's quarterback questionable. I'm at 50-50 in the model. This right now is a B grade on Auburn, but honestly, this is probably more like C grade value if California's quarterback plays. If he doesn't, it's probably more like A grade value. That's the fun with gambling. You don't really know who's going to play all the time. They have the same information we do. Here's what we know. If we know more, we will adjust our line. Guess what? So will Vegas. So if we know he's out, this price is going to go up. If we know he's in, this price is going to go down. So whenever we know something more about his status, that affects this. But right now with him being 50-50, this is a pretty big mismatch. Auburn should win this by an average of 13 
They win 80% of the time. Cousin Jared, what are your thoughts? If you want to know more about my thoughts on this game, I would tell you, if you haven't already, go back and watch the show where we talked about the totals and we did a pretty thorough annihilation, breakdown, dissection. It was a breakdown, dissection, and then an annihilation of North Texas's defense. Um, And so I would say, go listen to that. We talked about the North Carolina, Florida Internet, or excuse me, North Carolina. Talk about bad defenses. Man, I'm stuck in 2022. Uh, the The North Texas and Florida International game coming up this week we talked about that on the total show uh, go back and listen to that for full context uh but cal offense looked great against north texas mm-hmm. defense and i think this is going to be a complete reality check for them not only going up against an sec uh defense that which you can see ranked at, rated 88 there which is, is a pretty solid defense for a, a power five school even by power five standards a pretty solid defense and more importantly uh i think i mentioned that north texas ran like 50 plays and only possessed the ball for 20 minutes um auburn is going to run about 50 plays also in about 20 minutes but the problem is then they're probably going to have the ball for about 10 more minutes um than that uh and so they'll be more successful with it too which is going to yeah yeah, a little bit different on the yeah. score. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, I just think that Cal is in for a long time, and, and Cal ha- has a good defense. You know, I'm not sitting here telling you this game's going to go over or under. I don't know which way this this game is going to go, uh, but this is just going to be a completely different type of game uh, than what Cal just went through. It was like everything was easy in that game, and I think probably nothing is going to be easy for Cal in this game. So yes, yeah, s- sign me up. But definitely, you talk about uh, Tech being a place uh, where. Teams go and weird things happen. You could say the same thing for uh, Cal. Um, yeah. You know, maybe it's playing along the line there. Some of those, some of those, both San Francisco schools night games that yeah. Pac-12 after dark can get kind of weird. Yeah, and, and so uh, again, I'll, I'll, I'll implore you: take the money line here. Hugh, any any game that Hugh Freeze is involved, he's probably going to win, but it could get a little sketchy at times. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think you want to be on the money line in this one. You know, North Texas hung in with Cal for the first half. Cal finished the game, I believe, with 31 straight points. Mm. If North Texas hung around, that was at home, home road. Again, I'm not like with the Tech and Wyoming thing. I'm not trying to say that. I mean, that that matters. More in college than the pros, right? But if North Texas, even at home, was able to hang around, you have to imagine that Auburn is going to be a totally different story, Mm -hmm. even with the game location. Auburn is not... Um, you know, up there with Alabama, Georgia, LSU, right? But they're a very solid team. Yeah. Now, big caveat, and I mentioned this in a previous episode, the SEC is going to have one school out of all these kind of right here in the middle, the A&Ms, the Auburns, the Mississippi States, the Ole Miss, right? That like one of them is just going to accidentally get all the bad breaks and go like, four and eight and we're gonna be like wow i thought they were better we say every year every year there's one right that like they're better than that but like the so who knows if that's auburn i have no idea we'll find out later right but auburn is the much better team here and again the quarterback thing that's what to keep an eye on uh again right now questionable uh even if he's playing i still think auburn minus 260 is a smart play it's just a little bit closer to the break-even point then if he doesn't play, this game might get ugly because Cal's offense uh, takes a bit of a dive uh, with him being 50-50. If he's out, that Cal offense is going to take even more of a dive. And again, I have to be a little bit concerned because Cal giving up 20 points in the first half to North Texas, how many can Auburn score, right? Is this the same Cal defense that we saw? Are we, are we sure 
That's, I guess, my question. Are we sure that this is going to be a traditional Justin Wilcox, California defense that we know we've seen before? I'm not saying it will or won't be. I'm just saying what happened. And I, I don't know. I didn't see a minute of that game. So maybe someone yeah. can comment, can tell me maybe North Texas got a punt return and a pick six and right. And yeah. that it was just fluke scoring. Right? I don't know. So maybe it was just fluky, but um, Auburn's defense rating better than Cal's makes me go, Hmm. Like I, I thought Cal's defense was supposed to be top notch and the model's not thinking so. Uh, yeah. So that, again, gives you some thought that Auburn might put up some points here. Uh, again, not to say if they'll go over or under, but I put up with points we think to win. Again, 80% time minus 260 B. Great pick. Cousin Jared, that is our show. Do you have any parting words for the viewer? Go watch the first show of the week, the total show. Glad that you watched this show, the, the Moneyline show. And again, get with us on Dub Club. Get an extra bonus show award. Just kind of bat some stuff back and forth uh, on, uh, later in the week. It's lots of good college football content here and NFL content. I mean, come NFL on. Content. NFL is kicking off. I'm sure most of you are excited about that. Uh, we got Jake on uh, with the professor here to break all of that down. So I'm excited to see how Sideline and the two of them do this season. Yeah, I got some good NFL money line plays, some total plays. Uh, and we talked about it on show. If you haven't watched an NFL show yet and you want to hit that up, put that in your bookmark, you know, watch that Saturday night. If, if, if you if you hold out your betting until Sunday, watch Sunday morning. Um, the, the other thing, of course, to note, as part of that, got positional rankings, helps you with your DFS stuff, all this information, giving out in the cheat sheet every week even i got for college got what all the quarterbacks are got percentages got for nfl quarterbacks how many points are out of the points we got so much information if you want to be a better better with more information dub club is the place to be and again check out the nfl show if you haven't yet in that total show but otherwise thank you i have yes, wait, I, I, have, one more I, have, I have yeah i have one i have one all more right. thing all right we have 10 a.m central football on saturday Van do Wake forest are kicking yeah. off at 10 a.m. Central. So get your two screens up for the last hour college game day to see Corso do the headgear while simultaneously watching Vanderbilt and Wake Forest. And and we have a pick that we have already locked in that we've given to our Dub Clubbers, a money line pick on that game. Mm-hmm. If you want it, be with us on Dub Club. So we got some action for if you want that pick. Yeah. Uh, we, we, got, we got something for you. First. There you go. All right. That's all we've got then. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy the sports betting content right on this channel. Jump right into your feed. Back again all week. Football, baseball, all sorts of content. But until we see you again, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can get your betting money, but please don't bet your money.